On this episode of My Adventure in Space and Time. Time to talk about Susan and her scissors. Doesn't one of them go, Oh no! <laughs> if you just listen to Barbara, maybe it'll be fine. The time is waiting. We only got five minutes till the ship blows up. Everyone's very confused and... Welcome to another episode of My Adventure in Space and Time, a modern Whovian's journey through classic Who. I'm the Whovian, it's me. Uh, today I am joined by Chloe Huberjo. And Chloe, right, I'm going to introduce you in the way that I have listened to you introduce yourself on your own podcast, okay. which is you like sounds, you like to draw things, you like to wiggle and jiggle. <laughs> <laughs> You're an artist and performer. Just because I enjoyed it. It's true. Mm-hmm. I am, um, yeah, in my own accent, it's Chloe Huberdo. But um, right. not that you said it wrong. <laughs> it's just what you're talking about. I also think you need to keep some of the stuff from before you started in because uh, I was very <laughs> funny today. Uh, <laughs> we should, I'll find, try and find a way. Hello, this is Future Shona reporting from the Time Vortex. Seeing as Chloe and I are chatting about names and I forgot to introduce myself at the top of this episode, here's a little excerpt of some of our chat before we started, where I explain my awkward name and Chloe has a small crisis. Can I check I'm saying your second name right? Is it Huberdo? Yeah, it is Huberdo. I mean, I had help because I listened because I listened to an episode of your podcast recently and I was like, I ought to remember (laughs) this. this is useful information <laughs> yeah it's weird like I wonder if I didn't have that name like whether I would find it to be a hard name to say or not uh before my mom got divorced like it would always be calls being like hello can I speak to Mrs. Hooperdo Hooperdo but I have the same I mean I have the same issue because because Shona like you know it looks like Sinead or Sionade or you know um, your name is Shona yeah I know but like what? this is, but but there's no reason what? you know this, Chloe, because we because like we've only met in person once, <laughs> so like there's no way you would know that. Um, yeah, this is because, I was not prepared for this. I know, but Your name it is looks... spelled Sinead. It's already a weird spelled name, and it's already spelled like another weird name. Is this like I've never heard of Shona? Because... <laughs> Look. So, so it's the Gaelic way to spell Shona. The Scot. So it's like the Scottish Gaelic way to spell Shona. But I think it's also. I think someone told me that it's the Irish way to spell Sinead. It is. Yeah. So like, loads I've known of, Sinead spelled that way. Yeah, and yeah. Like, so, so people will literally tell me it's not my name. They're like, they're like, no, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, because. I have a friend and she's Sinead and I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is just really upsetting. I've like kind of known you for a year now and I didn't know what your name was. But there would be, but even like in real lifetime, right? Even like not in a time where people aren't meeting in person, you don't say people's names that much. Do you ever do that thing where you say someone's name and then you have like a weird feeling? You're like, oh, is that too intimate? Did that make it weird? <laughs> <laughs> So 
<laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'm an artist and performer, and uh, I have my own uh, relatively new podcast called Enthusiastic, and it's on Spotify. If you search Enthusiastic with Chloe, you'll find it. Don't bother trying to spell Huberto. It's <laughs> you don't need that. Don't in your do life. it. I found it. I mean, I was telling you earlier. I I just listened to the first episode, and I found it very easily. Um, but yeah, we should plug it again at the end because um, okay. I want the world to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I need can- more UK listeners. I can see who, like, who's listening in Canada and who's listening in the UK. And oh, when yeah. I look at the numbers for the UK, I'm like, a lot of these are fake friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> There'll be like 27 people in Canada and like three, three in the UK. And I'll be like, mm. Wow. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, most people I know are live in Canada. So. Yeah, that's fair. But I feel very special when you say on the podcast for the international audience, and I'm like, that's me. <laughs> I mean, I presume that's me. I always presume you you mean not because I know you live here in the UK, but I presume you mean the UK I audience. I think like sometimes it's you, but other times it's the Canadians. <laughs> you know? Oh boy. Um, it's whoever. Yeah. It's we have one Slovenian listener who's my previous spot mate, but I like to just be like to our list, think about our listeners in Slovenia, you know? Yeah, yeah. Think about that market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so can you tell me a little bit about your Doctor Who history, your history, if you will? I'm really, <gasps> trying, to, I'm really trying to make these puns work, but I can't say them without embarrassment. So I history. don't know. It's a really special word to say with a Scottish accent, I have to say. Hoostery. <laughs> oh my God. Please tell um, me your hoostery. So when I was like in grade seven, which is like um, 12 and then turning 13 during that year, I, this is going to be a long walk, but I uh, found an interview with Daniel Radcliffe on the Jonathan Ross show. And I was like, what is this? And then I watched this and I was like, is this what? Like chat shows are and then talk shows are in like what is going on here like this is wild so I I, am so intrigued that this is how the story starts this is this is how I know like almost everything like British that I got into this is like where it all comes back to you this is the rabbit hole but I was like what is this like what are they're allowed to do this like tv UK tv is bananas like he's talking about like I remember watching one clip, which was just in between during the show, where Jonathan Ross was talking about how he got bored in a hotel room the other week and decided to shave his balls. And I was like, this is a different, this is television is different over there. <laughs> and it's beautiful. But I watched like every interview there was, like, even if I didn't know. So I learned to like all these people were. So I feel like I probably like learned about Doctor Who stuff. I know I learned about Torchwood that way. And I remember thinking when I saw the clip from Torchwood, I was like, people watch this? This looks incredibly cheesy. Like that, and I even like left that comment. And then I remember people underneath being like, yeah, that's kind of like why people love it. It's like, because <laughs> it, it, it was the scene in Torchwood where there's like a pterodactyl going around the cave, um, trying to kill the like evil cyborg girlfriend <laughs> and that was yes. just like a lot do you know what <laughs> I'm I'm incredibly familiar because I hadn't seen Torchwood really until like I literally just watched it like I literally just went through it maybe like yeah. just last year 
and what I find hysterical about it is well I I really enjoyed I enjoyed it more than I thought it would but yeah like I was I always thought of it as like you know how it's meant to be that it's sort of like edgier like sexier kind of Doctor Who Mm -hmm. but it made me think of and I I don't know how like familiar you are with British soaps and stuff but it always made me think of right do do you know what Hollyoaks is yeah yeah right 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 but so Hollyoaks is like yeah like what like a soap that's got like young hot people in it yeah or or is like exclusively young hot people but there was another thing that was Hollyoaks but like so Hollyoaks is on at like 6 p.m or something right or I don't know if it's still on but and for a while, they did one that was on like late at night and it was called something, I don't remember what it was called, but I feel like it was called like Hollyoaks After Hours or Hollyoaks Night in the City or something like that. And it was like even more sexy. Yeah, it was like, it was like they could have like sexier scenes and maybe they could swear a little bit. And it was like sexy late night Hollyoaks. And, and like I thought like, this is like what Torchwood is. Torchwood is Hollywood. Yeah, I honestly like, I think Torchwood is like a fascinating art like artifact that should be talked about more because TV shows now aren't that gay and like it's that mm. thing where you just wish every character on a TV show is a little bit by Torchwood's that show and then yeah but like that show is a lot but actually now I'm remembering I definitely also watched a scene from Doctor Who that was a clip on Jonathan Ross where there was like a bee where there's like an evil bee um Oh yeah, I think I know the one you mean. Like a big one. Yeah, uh, I think it's the one where I think it's the Agatha Crispy. Uh, crispy, fuck. Crispy. <laughs> Who's that character? <laughs> My name is Agatha Crispy. Crispy. Sorry, Chris. Like the no crispy. <laughs> you heard uh, the Agatha Christie one where they're um, you know like solving the mystery. Um, yeah. And I think I yeah, think I think it's a giant wasp seen it is it donna yeah okay yeah it might have been like her being interviewed that that clip was on i i did eccleston and then to into david tennant a bit and then i over the years i've watched like a lot of random episodes here and there so like yeah i I've think seen- i mean the good thing i know like to some degree especially in the especially in like modern doctor who there's a, you know, there's like a series arc and especially I think some of the Matt Smith ones, like it, the the storylines can get really convoluted. And if you- Yeah, like, like there's a husband and wife. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Oh there. yeah, yeah. All that stuff is like, um, and yeah, you really f- feel like you have to watch the whole season. But I mean, it's, I would still say a lot of it, you can kind of just jump in um, and watch standalone episodes. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, sure it's really um accessible in that way um so my next segment is uh the who and now it's uh, <laughs> really really I, I don't know how long this will last me trying to make these work um, <laughs> i wonder like it's like one day i'm just gonna be like nope can't nope can't can't do it um so i guess um just to give some space to talk about anything that's like currently going on in Doctor Who not like too much space because we want to talk about the episode but um just because so much of this podcast is going to be like looking back but um so that could be anything like any kind of new Doctor Who content or just anything that you've noticed or I mean I guess the big thing is that there was a new episode of Doctor Who on New Year's Day um oh yeah there was wasn't there? yeah did you see it or no no, like I only know because we know Gabriel. 
Because what? what? Oh, right, yeah. Oh, we know Gabriel. Right, right, yeah, yeah. So, like, Gabriel's always, like, Gabriel, the Gabriel Featherstone is, like... Yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah, the, it's the always genuine article. About, <laughs> always up to date, always up to date. Um, I'm really hoping that, yeah, Gabriel, Gabriel's someone we both know who's a massive Doctor Who fan. And do you know what I love most about him is that he always appears on the comments for the Facebook, like, official Doctor Who page. And sometimes it's something sincere and sometimes it's something wacky. <laughs> and I always enjoy it. And I, I always enjoy when it's something wacky because people don't really know how to react. <laughs> it's, it's funny, like, seeing people you know, like, in public page comments. Because yeah. it's, like, it's almost like they're a completely different person. Like, they don't have, like... Uh, you know what to answer to when you go into those comments. I see my mom a lot arguing with um, <laughs> shitty racist conservatives from my home. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> you get him, mom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry. So the segment is like anything recent? We've like. Yeah, yeah. Anything that's interesting <sighs> to you, I suppose. I suppose it doesn't have to have happened recently, but maybe yeah. if it's recent. I... I've been wanting to like watch the new season because it's a woman. <laughs> I don't know if it's like it's probably two seasons now. Yeah, I haven't really done that yet. Um, because I feel like I have all this other like backed up stuff. But like, I think that's the thing I've been thinking about. Do you know what I think? I've heard a lot of people say, and I agree that it's a good jumping on point. So I think they did. Um, from what I've read from Chris Chibnall, the current showrunner, they wanted to purposely start off Jodie Whittaker's run um as a run that people could jump onto having not seen like in theory if you've not seen any Doctor Who you could jump in and watch it so it actually might not be a terrible um yeah place to restart there's just so many things to watch and especially like in life yeah when you're in school as I am Mm -hmm. well I watched the special and do you know it's weird that we're talking about Torchwood because um you, I mean, you probably saw just because it was everywhere that it had um, John Barrowman back in it. Um, oh, nice. It had, yeah, so it was it was really fun because he hadn't... Well, he... No, I'm not going to say anymore. I don't want to spoil okay. anything for you. Can I, um, can I But ask, I enjoyed it. I think from the poster, it was like another one where they have like different versions of the Doctor colliding. No, not on this one. Oh, okay. Maybe it was a poster for something else, though. I don't know. I feel, yeah, I feel like I saw like an old, old, old one. Hmm. There was a, there was like a tenant. I was going to say Matt Berry. It's his name is not Matt <laughs> Imagine <laughs> though. That would be great. Why has he not been on a Doctor Who episode though? I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. Almost. Lots of people. I saw a thing saying like uh, uh, Richard Iowati got voted for like the next Doctor <laughs> yeah like you can't argue with that but I, I also don't think you'd want to do it um i saw someone i wonder if it like I, i'm just wondering i saw someone comment he'd make a really good master but i'm starting to wonder if it was gabriel yeah, that was that was gabriel was it <laughs> yeah. okay some points. <laughs> i don't know it was one of them yeah. yeah that was where i saw it yeah um mm. yeah what were we talking about oh i don't know uh- <laughs> John Barrowman? I don't know. Um, yeah, I yeah. just love John Bear and John Behrman and like that character, like the like the by power that it fills mm. you be up with. It's like so important to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to think as well, his first appearance is in 
what is in the um in the middle of Christopher Eccleston's first series only series so in 2005 yeah. and obviously like I know this came from Russell T Davis who made like queers folk and like uh, you know of course but I didn't really think at the time I think just because I was I, I was 14 when that came out and I watched it so like I, I guess I probably didn't really realize that that was uh, I don't know a pretty important thing to be on the tv at the time right yeah okay yeah so time to talk about susan and her scissors so susan and her scissors man <laughs> she, she's gonna be in my dreams uh, okay so uh obviously i've got more context for what happened before this so at the end of the last like yeah i guess at this point they've yeah, they've had like a couple of adventures. Barbara and Ian have essentially been kidnapped, though. This is cr- crucial, is that they've, you know, they haven't like just chosen to go on this merry adventure. Basically, they saw the TARDIS and everything. And the doctor was like, well, you have to come with us now because no one can know that we're here or something. So they're kind of hostages. It's a bit weird. Um, and at the end of the last story, they'd all kind of passed out Um where we find them at the beginning of this yeah where the first <laughs> the first scene i had I, I did write some notes so that was the first note i wrote was like falling down very funny like how the episode <laughs> starts like with no real dramatic just them the tower thing going down and then all of them doing like very extreme i'm losing my balance and falling down <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like making a meal of it. Yeah. Yes. Like, no, I did notice when we opened. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I did notice that Ian had managed to maneuver himself to a chair. <laughs> Resourceful as always, Ian. Um, yeah. So uh, Barbara and Susan they wake up first, and Susan's oh, she's gone on about how she's got this pain in her neck, and everyone's very confused, and uh, including me. Yeah, including me. I was so confused for a lot of this. For a lot of me this. Me too. I was. I'll admit. We'll <laughs> um, yeah, everyone is behaving strangely. Um, Ian is. Look, I was so suspicious of Ian all the way through this because he's super creepy. And the thing is, you find out at the end, right, that that no one is compromised and no one is suspicious. Really. Which is nuts because they all. Act. are weird <laughs> so it like speaking of susan and her scissors i truly we got no explanation for that like i was like no. are we supposed to assume that because the universe was like being created around them that's what was making them act weird or are we supposed to assume that when susan gets a little bit worried she starts <laughs> acting like she's in like a parent like a state of psychosis and like takes those scissors <laughs> and is like she was acting they yeah. were act like I 100%. I was like, okay, this is there's an alien who's inhabiting each of them. Yeah, and or I thought, not- <laughs> yeah, or I thought there was like something in the air or so, something that had compromised them in some way. Yeah. But so I it's think, like, it- is this how yeah. they act? Is this like, are we to assume that like there was nothing that was affecting them other than the fact that they were confused? Like there was no outside forces like, sc- yeah. like screwing around with their brains because that is troubling. Yeah, and then there's wait so, no they there must no the TARDIS must have been f- affecting them a little bit because there's all the stuff later I suppose we'll get to it but there's all the stuff later where Ian's like just like assaulting people, um right yeah, yeah. right yeah um 
<laughs> there's Susan and her scissors. There's Ian trying to choke people. And then also, I mean, I, cause I haven't seen any of like, but the doctor, like also mm. it seems like everybody seems like they're going in and out of lucidity mm. and it's, it's so, <laughs> yeah. And I also, my, I think another thing I wrote down was like, I can't tell how much of this eerie feeling is coming from the story versus the weirdness of six early 60s television oh my god yes yeah <laughs> I was that's like, is so something true. weird happening or are these like weird silences do you know what I was thinking about you a little when I was watching it because because I've watched now like the last two stories so I'm familiar a little bit with now with the, the pacing and everything but I remember thinking I was like this is just gonna look extra bananas though to to Chloe <laughs> she's watching it it was, I um, was really upset. It was upsetting. I feel like this is the eventually. I was so convinced for ages that Ian was compromised, and I've come to the conclusion actually is that maybe I think they were all told to act like a little weird because Tardis stuff. And I just think William Russell, who played Ian, just acted the weirdest. <laughs> I, think, like, I mean, I thought Susan was the weirdest. Actually, Susan was maybe the weirdest. I think maybe that's fair. and. The big, I was gonna say I don't know if like you'll ask specifically about this but um mm. the biggest thing for me in like trying to connect to this doctor is like I don't think I would watch the show if I hadn't like learned about it as a show where like a sexy a sexy alien was like yeah I want him to be a sexy a sexy man or a sexy person in general like a sexy young fuck <laughs> and um he's not that he's really not that and that's not even part of it like in the later episodes the sexual charisma of the doctor is like a big part of the show I think yeah and the sure way people just like even if it's not like overtly sexual like he has a charisma and an attractiveness mm-hmm. but this is like a completely different character yeah. thing he's like crockety yeah he's like he's like the classic like just watching him like talk and speak he's like of that generation of like English actors he's like uh like the 1934 Christmas Carol, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Although Not I do think Young reference. Scrooge in that is hot. Every every time I watch it, I'm like, Young Scrooge? I Wait, would. Young Scrooge? I've not seen it. So the Young Scrooge. Oh. What? So where, why does, oh, oh, like when? So because they go to when Christmas they, past. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's, I don't know if it's from 1934. It's like an early one that like right. my mom really likes. So that I've seen a lot. And then like, when he's watching his like young self where he has his like girlfriend or something he's hot (laughs) (laughs) oh boy right Uh, right. they're all weird they're all being weird they're all being weird um right so ian he carries susan to bed and then he leaves and then he gets back and susan's there with her scissors um and then she like stabs the bed instead so i suppose this we're meant to believe that i don't know why this happens it seems like she I was fighting off something that was possessing her i'm wondering whether like this episode because like i uh from like learning about like star trek episodes and like how like the fucked up things that or like people just don't know what they're doing I'm wondering if this story was supposed to be a different story and then it got Mm. changed somewhere and then they kept parts of the script. Well, I did find out it was written very quickly because, right, so basically, so, right, if we can call this a bottle episode, right, um, 
which I, I, I knew it would be just from the description of it. Um, but I thought that was weird because of how early, like this is the third story. And apparently they needed to do it because the last two stories went over budget. And the guy that wrote it, David Whitaker, he wrote it in two days, apparently. So maybe maybe there are just some plot holes in it. But you'd think in two days he'd be able to make something cohesive. <laughs> I mean, maybe it adds, maybe the fact that they were acting weird like adds to the thinness of it. But yeah. like, it just feels the payoff doesn't explain anything at the end, like other than why the ship was being weird. But I this doesn't explain really... Susan and her scissors. <laughs> like, no. Also, I have to say, I found the moment where she stabs the bed, like, a very effective dramatic moment. I was like, whoa, shit. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was something, like, substantial. Yeah, I was like, oh, um, why? Like, I too thought, yeah. The beds are just curvy lawn chairs with no blankets. I felt so sorry for them because I feel like as well, in modern Doctor Who, you're given so much... Um, uh, so much build up about what could possibly be inside the TARDIS that you don't mm-hmm. see like they're always like oh yes the swimming pool's just down there and oh yeah. the, go to the library go to the wardrobe and I presume they this, have... he says we have an extensive wardrobe so we've yeah. got stuff so it, I think so it's why are like... there bedrooms like just this crappy little like dentist that, chair like, 50s 60s idea of the future where everything is like streamlined and like mm. not actually livable like that's the thing about ideas about the future is it's never something humans are actually going to want to live in yeah even if it looks cool so maybe it's that but it was funny when I read when she says oh I'm going to bed and then when she's sitting there it took me a while to realize that was bed <laughs> uh yeah so there's a little moment that I think's probably relevant because it can a lot of stuff comes up later admittedly right I thought these episodes, maybe it's just in comparison to the ones I watched last time. I thought they were pretty tight. Like, nearly everything is there for a reason, even if even if the reason doesn't fully make sense. Like, it's just, I, I, I say this because the last couple of stories, there's so much filler a lot of the time where they're, like, uh, walking through the woods or, like, going to caves and coming out of caves and going back in. Um... This whole next bit, I think what happened... Oh, yeah, so... Yeah, Barbara's, like, at the point of thinking something is on the ship. And I agreed with her, because all the signs pointed that way. <laughs> um, or with Susan, where Susan's saying, like, it's in one of us. Um, it's in one of us. It's in one of us. <laughs> really one creepy. Of us. And Ian's like... Oh, yeah, so Ian goes, Barbara. And Barbara's like, yes, keep an eye on Susan. You know, and he, you know... Like he's, they're just kind of dismissing her. Like she keeps trying to flag things, and yeah, the and, doctor, and like, none of them seem to really be concerned about the fact that she's picking up scissors. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I mean, she literally like, does it behind need... them. <laughs> like she's like, well, "Whoops, got them." And they're again. just like, "Oh, you just, she just needs to sleep a little bit." Like mm. nobody, nobody is like reasonably concerned about any of the behavior that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, even though I know I know Barbara is not correct that something is on board, but but she is later, and they just you know they this is just like the first instance in which they dismiss her and don't listen to her ideas. I think the explanation for the scissors this time maybe it's a bit of a stretch, but I think it's because Ian said she overhears Ian saying, "Oh, don't tell her like that you think something might be on board." So I think she like thinks they're keeping. I think this is their attempt to make it like 
they're all like turning against each other and suspicious of each other do you know what i mean like a sort of lord of the flies situation oh have you have you seen um have you seen this the episode it's a david tennant one called midnight where he's on the bus it's a bottle episode no but it sounds interesting oh it's really good so it's all just set on this it's all just set in the one place like it's on the bus and it's more about the there's a monster in it but you never see it and it's more about how the people on the bus eventually all turn against each other and turn against him yeah like a classic the classic trope sure um which i was like okay that's what this episode is doing but i in the end i was like i don't think it illustrated like that it was doing that strongly enough like it yeah didn't really, i agree um how old is susan supposed to be like 15 <sighs> okay <laughs> okay it was like <laughs> 18 like how old is she are we i don't know admittedly i think she looks a bit young it probably depends on what she's wearing all the time like but like in the last episode i think she had like a in or in maybe in the first one she had this wee like stripy jumper on and it made her look Mm. really really young um yeah i don't know but yeah like so yeah this is barbara susan scissors stuff and then ian rocks up and I don't think there. I I don't think he was even meant to be weird at this point. I think, in hindsight, I think I just found it weird. He was like, "We've just checked everything, and it's all perfect, which is fantastic." And I was like, uh, "Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." And then, right there, they they go back to the con, you know, the control room and speak to the doctor, and they're talking about how the doctor and Susan's necks hurt. I don't think they ever explain it. I think it's maybe just because no, they're not human. No, that's another thing. Yeah. But then as they're saying it, Ian's like rubbing his neck and I was like, oh shit. Like, and it didn't it didn't mean anything. It just looked shady. It was like another breadcrumb that was never addressed. Yeah, yeah. That didn't lead anywhere. Then they talk about the thing that ends up kind of telling them the answer later, which is that um, the TARDIS is showing them that loop of film that's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, solar system keeps on. But uh, then it all kicks off, and the doctor is like, You guys are sabotaging the ship. And I remember thinking, like, Well, that's a fair thing to surmise because, like, they're hostages. But Barbara's absolutely livid and is like, you know, you should be on your knees thanking us and everyone's raging. And then she sees the clock, right? Were you confused by this? Because I did not know what had happened for where there was music going, crazy music, and they were yeah. looking at their watch, and then the, there was no numbers on the watch or something. Yeah, I had to watch it back and I was like, oh, like that's a clock and it's melted and there, it's just you couldn't see very well just because of the quality of the film yeah, as well. And I also couldn't tell if the music was like actually happening because it seems like they were reacting to the music right yeah so um, i was like yeah there was a lot of the- yeah uh and it was also seemed like an insane overreaction um yeah, yeah because doesn't one of them go oh no <laughs> oh actually you know what speaking of this is what um i was finding like uh, a little bit rough for me to watch this episode because what it felt like to me was is when you're uh in a play in school when you're uh when you're or like an improv scene mm-hmm. but you possibly a play where you're everyone's kind of like lost the plot and like not a bunch of people probably aren't like very committed and like 
there's like big gaps of like dead time and space. And then somebody keeps trying to reignite the drama out of nowhere, reacting to nothing. That's what this episode felt like almost the whole way through where there was just dead space. And then someone's like, ah! Yeah, like scream, like properly scream. And it was really, I was finding it like, because those thinking about those moments are so like mortifying to me. So I was like finding this like hard to watch. Yeah, it was like giving you like a, like a Nam flashback. I was was always the one trying to reignite the drama too. Like (laughs) you were like the Susan just screaming your head off. Holy, just being like, (laughs) ah! I was thinking, oh my god <laughs> I was thinking the other day though as well that TV hadn't even been around or like I mean talk films hadn't even been around that long by this stage you I mean know, they didn't even really they, at this point I wonder if it's the the media of TV wasn't I don't know probably yeah. probably established like it's probably still at a point where they're like thinking of it as this this is like watching theater in your living. Yeah, it felt like a play, yeah. but I think well, I what I think because I was thinking about like that, but then I was like, no, that's wild. Like film had been around for like at least sixty years. Oh wait, and yeah, that's a long time. Really good films had been made, like really <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> but like it is a TV thing where like one I think the standards of TV are low, but also like from what I understand. This show was famously when it came out, like, because it was sci-fi. It was thought I was lowbrow. It was lowbrow mm. and made on the cheap. Like, it wasn't a big, respectable prestige thing. It was just, like, a um, pulpy. It was a pulpy, like, science fiction show for kids. Sure. Um, so, like, that's what I was thinking about. Because, I don't know, even, like, The Twilight Zone was, like, I would say of much higher quality. <laughs> like story wise yeah. and everything and writing wise and that was before this thing mm. when, twi- when did the twilight zone come out Should i don't know i think yeah. it was like early 60s or fi- late oh, 50s really? i don't think i realized it was that old it's amazing yeah and like parts of it i was like because of the era i was like this feels very twilight zone um, yeah pulpy is a good way to describe it yeah sure. um, no, yeah 1959 whoa that's mad then, it is mad and then this is 1960 yeah 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 um it's amazing everything's okay yeah yeah that's what I th- like I think it's probably just down to it being like a cheap yeah production that had something like had like a grain of like a kernel of something interesting in it and then eventually became Good. I mean, because I'd be interested to watch some of the other episodes that are considered the best, like of these early seasons, to see like when it was at the top of its game. Yeah, sure. But even for like, like I want to see like where those kernels were in early that like, mm. because like what people... are the things that lasted? Like what are the things that they that drove yeah. it forward? And I mean, I have like I've heard people like like Stephen Fry and Neil Gaiman talk about like watching the show when it first aired and just being like so obsessed with it and it's one of those things where you're like not all of this but also part of it has to be that thing about like the things you're nostalgic for are always going to be really amazing to you regardless Mm. of their quality if you're like a kid in England like also I feel like international television probably hadn't yeah that too yeah, yeah, like there's just one th- there's just one channel and like you turn it on there's like all the space stuff. Like that is very cool. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, oh yeah. So we're like nearly at the end of the that episode. So he. Oh yeah, he I love. So he comes. Him. Do you know what? I totally fell for it as well because I'm still, I think, not used to this more like suspicious, do- this sinister doctor. When he came in with their little cups, I was like, oh, like how nice. Like, like I, I totally missed that. He he comes I in. I, he's got some like cups on a tray. Because they've all the had a does. yeah, he's all had, I think because they've had a fright because of their clocks. <laughs> so he comes in with it, and Ian. I remember because Ian's like, "One moment you're abusing us, the next you're playing the perfect butler." <laughs> and I enjoyed it. Uh, okay, yeah. So he comes yeah. in and it's sleeping, but like they fall asleep, but Ian doesn't drink it because he or Ian doesn't fall asleep because he doesn't drink it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think because he has a chat with the doctor for a bit because he's like, you should apologize to Barbara. And the doctor's like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> and but yeah, later he's like, he's like over their beds, like, yeah, okay, they're asleep. Good to go. And then um, he goes to check out what's going on with the control panel while he thinks they're asleep. Yeah. Because there's sneaky music. I just didn't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, it took me a while to realize he drugged them as well. I was like, why is he... And I, I feel like maybe I was just being really naive because I was so pleased when he came in with the drinks on a tray. I was like, I totally oh, he's been so at, nice. <laughs> literally, when they said that at the end, I was like, was I what? What? I don't remember <laughs> that at all. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So second episode is the brink of disaster. So it's Ian. It's Ian who's trying to strangle him. And, you know, doctor's absolutely raging. He thinks like he was right and they're trying to sabotage him. And Barbara thinks something's happened to Ian. And then Susan comes in and she's really suspicious. And the doctor's threatening to chuck Ian and Barbara off the TARDIS. Um, they realize they need to check the fault locator. I think that's what happens. And that's when they find out everything's at fault. <laughs> Very big. I was like, okay, I'm a the fault locator is something that says what's wrong in the ship. Yeah, I guess. So then I think, he said, yeah. but no, we were all at fault. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of bananas, wasn't it? I really had to, like, I had to often, like, go back and be like, whoa, like, what's happening? I was imagining a six year old kid watching this being like, there's no way they gathered, like, what was going on in this episode if I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. And it's so different from the ones before where it's very, like, adventure and there'd be, you know, I one, wanted to see yeah. a planet. I know. Oh, next time you can see a planet. Okay. <laughs> Make it a good one. Uh, oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. So this is when it's like Ian's. I thought I find this bit really horrible when Ian like goes up to like strangle Barbara and then she's like, "No, no, no, get off!" <laughs> and she's really oh, yeah, like, "Yeah, yeah." And she's like, "What was going on there?" <laughs> but then, but then I thought he was trying to strangle her. But then he was actually pulling her away from the console, but she wasn't going near the console. But in any case, I think it made the dream. Yeah. In any case, it it seemed to make the doctor realize that they weren't like in cahoots against him. He was like, oh, everyone's fucked up. Like, (laughs) um, uh, yeah. So that was kind of wholesome, I guess. They were like, right, we're all going to be a team. We're going to figure out what's going on. And then this is sort of when we figure out, I think, what's happening. So we figure out that the power source underneath the console is trying to force its way out and they've got 10 minutes to survive and barbara's like i think the tardis has given us clues 
the intelligence of the ship was like, oh, something's wrong. And I need to tell them that something's wrong. And because they were, I don't know that they were continuously going back in time. So they were heading to before the universe was created. So everything was like melting and the ship was like, oh, I'm, before I explode too or whatever, I need to tell you guys. Yeah, it was like a defense mechanism. Um, but what I thought was interesting was that the yeah the doctor was so like, my machine can't think. But it's funny because it's kind of Literally a given. Literally a minute later. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then yeah, and then he's like, fine. But it's kind of a given in modern Who that the TARDIS is sentient, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I suppose it's interesting that I, I was like, was, oh, this yeah, is was... the first time this comes up. So. Oh god, and oh yeah. So then, then this this bit where the doctor is like, they're still trying to figure it all out, and the doctor sends. He's an asshole about it. He's like, "There's no way my ship could think." <laughs> you like <laughs> dribbling idiots, and then like one minute later, he's like, "Ooh, oh yes." <laughs> but it's not like us, but it, in its own way. I mean, this whole episode is just like, if you just listen to Barbara, maybe it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he sends Susan and. Barbara to look outside uh, and this is a bit like because he's just like he doesn't he's want like, the women can't handle this Yeah, and it's interesting because in the last story which was the Daleks there's a bit where they bring where they get the the Dalek out of its case it's it's really cool actually and they never show it so they just like look horrified by it and you Ooh. see like one little tentacle yeah it's, it's kind of cool I love um, that yeah yeah I was into it but um, but they do the same thing there. They send he like sends Barbara and Susan to do something because they're like, the woman couldn't possibly process the horror of this situation. Yeah. Um, then he's like, hey, bro, my man. Yeah. Will you? <laughs> he's like, let's let's do a hug where we slap each other's backs. Uh, he goes, yeah. That's just what he's just like. We're gonna die, and I don't know what to do about it. So I said, <laughs> that's literally it. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, there's no hope then. And he's like, oh, not really. <laughs> Yeah, the women's are looking at the door. Yeah, because they've only got five minutes to live, uh, allegedly. (laughs) Do you know that song by Madonna and Justin Timberlake? Yeah. Oh my God. Is that what you were singing? (laughs) Yeah. And everybody. Madonna. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. The time is waiting. We only got five minutes till the ship blows up. Don't hesitate. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes back to the beginning of the solar system. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Then they look at that. Yeah. Then they figure that out. Basically, they look at that loop of film and they realize what's happening. So this cracked me up so much. <laughs> well, first, what cracked me up was when they do a zoom in on the on the what's it called the fast return button and it's like <laughs> oh it's written by hand with a sharpie <laughs> yeah, it's like a button and it's like in sharpie like that scroll like fast that return <laughs> too much and then i wanted to rewind and check if the the um on like the food and water machine if the if because i didn't remember them i don't also, think they're like, sharpie <laughs> clearly handwritten i thought it was so funny that they couldn't even get a stencil <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's so funny. I mean, I guess it's kind of a nice idea that the doctor would just be like, oh, fuck, I better just write this on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was hysterical. I mean, yeah, like it didn't seem like, it just seemed like they were like, okay, this is part, like, 
what are we doing here? This is a cheap show. Okay, here we go. Yeah. And like, I guess because of the episode, it was definitely like the set. Now that I'm thinking about it, the set was definitely already built. And then once they wrote this episode, they were like, oh, we have to put title. <laughs> and then maybe on the day, they were like, shit, we never did that. And somebody was just like, get the yeah. Sharpie. Get quick. <laughs> Um, but it also even just cracked me up that the whole reason that this whole thing had happened was that he'd those his button had got stuck. He'd pressed a button. They spent so long explaining how <laughs> a button works. <laughs> I was like, I For don't know. <laughs> he true like he explains to her, he's like, just the button, there's a spring underneath the button. So you see a student and then he explains it again, like two seconds later. <laughs> But do you know my favorite bit about all this was right? Was what? that um was that after that, uh so him and Susan, you know, he's like, Oh yes, Susan, this is what's happened, that the spring has got stuck, and they're like, Oh, but it's fine now, hooray, we're safe. And then they look over <laughs> Ian and Barbara and they're like fucking catatonic. <laughs> like they're like they've had like the most stressful, like traumatic like moment. They're both like just like leaning against the wall, like haggard and just completely done. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Poor Ian and Barbara. I know. What we shame. And and then it turns around so fast. I was like, Are you sure you don't want to double check that things are okay? I guess because then they they opened the the doors to see, but just like yeah. the mood changed so suddenly that in another TV show I would be like, Oh, this is a like a false ending. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the doctor like apologizes or sort of, you know, to Ian and Ian's like, Yeah, whatever. Um He's kind of fine, and obviously, like Barbara isn't. Um, I quite Barbara like. Walks th- away. Yeah, I thought she's it was like, going nope. to end there. I honestly thought it was going to. I didn't think we would see him like going and apologizing to her. I thought it was just going to end by Barbara. I kind of thought that too. I quite liked that scene where he went in and apologized to her. I, I, I thought it was nice when he, he was like, um, yeah. "He's like, you're very valuable." Yeah, and I was like, "All right." Um, and I really liked when he was talking to Ian about his coat. Um, because they've got all their clothes on to go out in the snow and that. Um, yeah. And he goes, uh, I acquired that Ulster from Gilbert and Sullivan, which is already and he says, hilarious. Oh, I thought it was made for two. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, good one. <laughs> Get a little I, gag in yeah. at the end. There. I was like, oh, I wish we'd had more of this. I know, yeah, because the rest of it was bananas. It's but, not very, like, it's not very whimsical this episode. No. And yeah, I think the whimsy is important. I do like the. That was kind of the first time I'd seen, because there's so much of that kind of name dropping stuff in the new series. Like, I think the 10th Doctor says that he's he got his coat from Janice Joplin, and there's mm. a bit where the 13th Doctor, she says she got her sunglasses from Pythagoras, and so, you know, I, I love all that. And it closes on Barbara and Susan, and they found a massive footprint in the snow outside, which we'll never know about, because the next story, Marco Polo, is lost, so is missing uh yeah and that's the end i mean i feel like do you know what's so weird i feel like i started like before we started talking about this i think i was very like that was bananas but everything was really tight and like you know there wasn't anything there that wasn't meant to be there and then the minute i started talking about it i was like wait no there's lots of nonsense there's lots of stuff that doesn't make sense yeah Um, yeah it was interesting i thought that um because they give him the headband that turns white when the wound is healed. So as we see it turning white, I thought that 
when it turns completely white, maybe he would stop being paranoid or whatever because his like brain injury is healed or something, oh. and then like he'll be different. So it's just like a like a clock ticking until. Yeah, that would like, have made sense. Yeah, because you know that kind of writing tool of like if you introduce a prop or like a I don't know a tool in the beginning of the in the first act or something, it, you need to it needs to come up. It generally will come up again later in the episode yeah. or something. I don't but really I guess, know what I'm talking about. I guess it was just like a nice little like sci-fi thing. Yeah. To be like, ooh. Yeah. But um, yeah, I didn't think like a lot of the clues were kind of dumb. Like I guess the time thing I I, sp- I sort of get. But yeah, when they were like, oh yes, and the water machine, it said it was empty and it wasn't. And I was like, what's that meant to? Is that a clue? <laughs> like, and the water came out in a little bag. Yeah, in a little baggie. Yeah. And they were like, ah, yes, thank you for that clue. And I was like... Yeah, it felt like somebody just really needed to get an episode written in two days. And he was like <laughs> using tropes that he found interesting, but maybe just didn't have enough time to like actually yeah. flesh them out. So he was just like picking up from tropes here and there. Um yeah. But yeah, I'm glad like I watched because I haven't seen any classic Doctor Who. I think I tried to watch one years ago, but there was no context and it the pacing was boring and I was just <laughs> in a different mindset, so I stopped. I don't even yeah. know which doctor it was. I think there was like a little dog. Oh, um, so that was probably I mean, I, I haven't you know, obviously the reason I'm doing this is because I haven't seen them, but like I I think I remember that it's Swift Tom Baker that the dog canine is in little robot yeah. dog yeah i think it was because i wanted to watch tom baker but like that's the thing is even like <laughs> again to reiterate because i am who i am like a big part of like why i enjoy doctor who is like the sexiness of it <laughs> yeah whatever whatever sexiness can mean and like i was like oh tom baker seems like he was maybe the start of that but then i think i watched it and i was like oh but but it's still made like the 70s so they're not actually gonna go there and like they're not gonna he's -hmm. just like a guy i don't know i haven't watched any of it but like um i felt like i would be doing most of the work and projecting (laughs) i'm a parody of myself but like i need to know like through any of the series at all is it ever even implied that the doctor fucks uh i mean no not really they'll say that he's been in love and they'll say that he's married and they'll say that, you know, that he's attracted, but no, there's nothing explicit. I guess because kids watch it. Yeah. And because like, I think like there's this, like anything kind of romantically driven, I think really came in with, with new who. So Mm -hmm. I think up till then, I think there's probably, I love hearing you say new who. I know it's stupid, isn't it? It's like it sort of sounds like like new metal or so. Yeah, oh, he, like, like new with a like U. The the I'm sorry, the Scottishness of it. New who? Like like you do you 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 come over here and be sexy. <laughs> like I think he was like relatively asexual for most of the classic series but I don't know that like I think there's probably people that would argue with me and be like ah but he just says this in this episode yeah. you know so I don't know but- I mean like and I, I I get that it would kind of take away some of the mystery if you like mm. legitimately had a story where like he had just been getting it on or something who am I getting it on who am I saying that phrase but mm. like even just like I'm interested in even just like 
the tiniest the tiniest like crumbs being yeah tough. yeah I remember when the girl in the fireplace aired I sort of vaguely remember there being like a bit of a, a yes. hullabaloo at the time because they were like the doctor's kissing someone like he's who is he kissing that Madame de Pompadour yeah isn't there like a thing where it seems like he and Ma- Madame de Pompadour have like a, a thing going on yeah so and I I don't really remember at the time because like I wasn't like I don't know in Doctor <laughs> Who fandom you know but I think there was some sort of like you know I think there were probably some fans were like what the doctor doesn't do that and other people yeah. were like just let him just let him um, <laughs> just let him fuck I'm about to say something really rank but mm. maybe when he said he invented the banana daiquiri that meant something <laughs> else <laughs> Maybe the-, <laughs> the mind travels many places. Yeah, what happened to that party? Oh. <laughs> I want to know. Oh. oh, you know what I should say though. Mm. Speaking of the doctor and his body, mm. <laughs> um, in this, <laughs> which I always am, of course. Thank There's a part the where there. Where the doctor is knocked out in this episode, they said, "Oh, he's he's got a nice strong heartbeat." So, like, did he not have two hearts yet? Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. I totally was like, wow. "Oh, I thought they're gonna listen to his heart and be like, wow, 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 wow." <laughs> well spotted. I didn't think of that at all. Who's who? Who says it though? Is who's... I think it's I think it's both. I think it's Barbara and because Barbara and Ian are both checking him out and then and then but not he, Susan because you'd think right because no, Susan, Susan yeah because because you could explain it away if it was Susan because she'd be like well she knows he has two hearts so <gasps> yeah so it's weird like at this point like it's not even really Doctor Who like as we know no, it's not just really. like a sci-fi show with like a pennies for budget yeah um I mean I have a few notes on just like positive things about it, I guess. But like, it, yeah, mostly it's bananas. And I, I would say I like, not enjoyed it. Like, I yeah, enjoyed I enjoyed it. I, I of it. course, like, I love the hamminess of it, and I, I kind of love that. Like, it's charming, like for all of its, how, yeah. of, for all of how crazy it is. And but Barbara's got, or no, Susan's got great hair. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, I, I guess it's not the most representative Doctor Who episode. Probably, it's kind of a shame for you because I feel like. Even out of the three episodes I've watched, I wouldn't be. I, even out of the three of those, I wouldn't be like, "This is a good first one to watch." <laughs> yeah, I got the distinct impression that this is one of the like, uh, what people refer to, like what people probably think is like one of the duds of like the early yeah, episodes, yeah. or like one of the ones that like isn't worth talking about. But we made it through. We did. Yeah, I, I have to say, also like speaking of like Barbara's or Susan's looks. Mm. the shot where you first turn to her when she has the scissors is like such a good shot and like she looks great and her hair is like a little bit it's like a horror film yeah yeah and her hair is like a little bit all over the place but it's like a really good look uh it was just like a strong a strong moment yeah yeah it makes me wish they had i feel like if they had just committed to the something's messing with their heads thing and made it an actual thing it would have been better. I think it would have been okay if if they had kept a thing where actually it's not their heads, but they have to at least explain why that behavior. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about like a 
Twilight Zone episodes, or I don't know, just the classic, like, we're stuck somewhere and there's paranoia episode, like, usually it's like, oh, like, this reveals this about you, this reveals, like, but it just didn't feel like the ends justified, or it, yeah, didn't feel like uh, they, like, contextualized it in any way or something, like, it was just, it just leaves you feeling like, well, I don't, but not in a way, like, it, it takes you out of the story. Yeah. Because it just feels like they forgot something. Yeah. I hope we didn't miss something. Oh, probably. Like, I miss, <laughs> well, I miss everything. When you were, like, explaining all the stuff about, like, the, the drinks and stuff, like, I truly was like, when did he give them drugs? <laughs> <laughs> like, the slowness is just, like, a little bit excruciating and... Mm-hmm. Like, so having a reason, like a podcast to watch it is a good motivator. That's literally it, though, yeah, because I just I just know I wouldn't get through it. Yeah, because you could watch something that'll give you, like, a bunch of, like, dopamine hits. Yeah. And this, this one gave me one dopamine hit. In and when life. was that? <laughs> that was definitely the scissors moment. <laughs> Whoa! Um, <laughs> no, yeah. there's probably a couple other... Yeah, the Sharpie... I that laughed and funny. laughed, Chloe. Like I was like, I was like, like I know this is stuck. low budget. Like I know this is low budget, but like surely they have a stencil. Sure. <laughs> you know what it did made me think of though is like to be the labels and sixties TV shows. It was making me think about like the Batman TV show. Oh yeah, where like the Adam West ones. Yeah, where they had a thing where like as it went on, the production people started having fun labeling literally everything they could possibly label uh specifically in the bat cave but i think like everywhere so in the bat cave it'll be like there'll be like two lovers and it'll be like right lover left lover <laughs> <laughs> like labels on top of it. oh that's fun yeah cool well let's wrap this up so okay where can where can people find you and follow your content yeah, so you can listen to my podcast, uh, Enthusiastic with Chloe Huberto, by searching that. I can maybe also give you the link to include. Um, yeah, dude. It's just on Spotify right now, or my website, which is chloe.ca, because chloe.com wasn't available. Oh, <laughs> um, boo. Which is, like, no, nothing about my website has been actually developed yet. Right now, it's just, like, a place, because I had to get it to host the podcast. Um, sure. But they're also there. Um, and then you can follow me on Instagram, Chloe H underscore, and also my name, yeah, K-L-O-E-E-H underscore, mm-hmm. um, where I post a lot of unhinged things. <laughs> and I also like, will post supplementary stuff to my podcast, which the episodes that have come out so far haven't really needed that, but it's also mm-hmm. a place to like post things that we talk about or like, you know, videos that, yeah. Sure. I can I can also like uh plug the podcast because I have listened to at least one episode. So I, I listened to the first one um about trash TV. Um and what I would say about it is is really great because it's really laid back and I think it's just a really nice thing to have on if you if you kinda wanna feel like you just have some pals around kind of blethering in the in the background, which I think doing now during lockdown is is really nice and really comforting. But every episode kind of has like a different vibe. So some of them um, are more like just like two friends 
having a conversation that you're listening in on and then like other ones. So it all depends on like, I invite someone to talk about something they're enthusiastic about. So it's so different. So like the second episode with Mel VX is uh, about BIPOC mental health. Mm-hmm. And it's like definitely like a different sort of, yeah. So like depending on what the topic is, like you can go through and be like, oh, I'm interested in this. I'll listen to this episode. You know, I'm interested in this. I'll listen to the episode. I'm really excited about the next one that's coming up. Um, it's with Lindsay Mullen, who's an actor and comedian based in Toronto. Um, I don't know who any, if any Canadians are going to listen to this, but uh, she's been in like so many uh, commercials in Canada. Oh, cool. <laughs> Truly like a stunning amount. Yeah. And it's, we talk, it's about like astrology with respect to romance. And I'm really stoked for that one to come out. I just have to finish editing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's kind of a great time just to hear people, I mean, just talking about things they like. I mean, yeah. I, I'm i not, you know, I, I know that these things aren't, uh, they can't be like 100% positive. Like, it's okay to talk critically of things and to kind of bash on things as well as fun. But um, I don't know, it's just nice to hear people talking about things that they they like and that they enjoy and yeah and I know that we like bashed on this on this episode like quite a lot but it's still just because I you know, just because I love Doctor yeah. Who like it, you know I, and I'm always happy to watch Doctor Who even if and it... I think like there's a difference between like bashing bashing mm. like negative bashing and positive bashing I think we're yeah. positive bashing because I still like enjoyed it it was just yeah like, I was enjoying it on like in a different way than I might sure. something else um but yeah like I love earnestness and, and and enthusiasm like I think it's turning a little bit now but I think culturally for the last 10 years like being unimpressed with everything all the time was like very in vogue right and I'm so exhausted by that <laughs> I'm not cool enough yeah I like I, I I guess I just like liking things yeah me too <laughs> I think I saw that from Abed from Community um mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's a line in the new start in star trek discovery where a character says i love feeling feelings like oh, same energy <laughs> i just finished star trek discovery also and um, watch the new season and now i'm gonna watch old i mean some form of old star trek and maybe maybe i'll just mm. watch it and not do a podcast about it but i also can't yeah. promise anything i still haven't watched like a full episode of like first star trek like i'm all about tng because i do want to watch like the first one because i love spock but also it's so it's so misogynistic (laughs) the original trek like it's like kirk Mm. is the worst i hate kirk so much oh boy i think i mean i've only got plans to go back to the next generation so far and then i'll yeah good 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 choice well I don't know I don't know Um, so entertaining it's such a mess but in like (laughs) the most in the wildest ways it's great I'm excited for you yeah yeah cool um nice one let's wrap it up there this was a blast (laughs) um I feel like we've covered everything we could possibly covered um yeah Susan Scissors (laughs) yeah no thank you thank you for joining me okay uh so yeah we've been Shona and Chloe and that's us today bye bye my adventure in space and time is hosted and produced by shona stevenson with music by shona stevenson and artwork by robbie stevenson special thanks to caroline donald for all her support and to anyone listening 
You can hear more on the website at myadventureinspace.wixsite.com slash podcast or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Please join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram at myadventurepod. Thanks for coming along on the adventure. Before I go, I just want to tell you, you were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. 